Welcome to the Honest Art Podcast. I'm your host, Jody King. As an artist for 20 years, instructor, speaker, author, and fellow rebel, I've worked with thousands of people around the world, from beginners to established artists, helping them create their strongest art and build a career doing what they love. So if you are ready to have a little fun while you learn about art, creativity, building a thriving art business, and living a bold, audacious life, you are in the right place. Also, if you're considering going pro in your art business, grab the PDF in the show notes on the five things they don't teach you in art school. All right, let's get messy. Y'all know I've been talking about creating honest art for years. Honest art is so important to me that I not only did I coin the phrase years ago and even created a hashtag that has now been used over 17,000 times, but I also named this podcast the, the Honest Art Podcast. So you can tell I'm kind of passionate about honest art, but do you know why I'm so passionate about it? I mean, sure, I've shared with you guys um, how honest art is the most powerful art we can make visually and energetically, but there's more to this story. On today's podcast, I'm getting real, real personal, and I'm going to pull back the curtain to let you in on my personal journey with honest art and how it helped me find my voice. Y'all ready? Let's get messy. So my journey with Honest Art didn't actually start when I first picked up a paintbrush 20 years ago. When I stopped to consider when all this craziness started, I traced it all the way back to when I was 14 years old in my ninth grade English class. Way back then, I arrived the first day of high school, skinny and awkward with my brown eyes wide and scared like a deer in the headlights. And then clasping my books close to my chest, I walked into my first class of high school and the first class of the day, which was English. And thank God it wasn't math because that would have been a disaster. So we walked into the classroom, we got settled, found a desk. And as we sat down, our teacher instructed us to get out our black and white composition books. Do you guys remember those? Um, So we got those out and then he said to grab something to write with. And then we did that. And he then told us, that for the first 10 minutes of every class, we would be doing a journaling exercise. Every single day, Monday through Friday, we were instructed to do this exercise, to sit and write anything that came to our mind. But here's the kicker. We should not pick up our pen except to move to the next word, meaning we were not supposed to like stop and look up and like consider what to write next. He said that was not allowed. We were to write continuously for 10 straight minutes. And if we thought, you know, this exercise is stupid and I didn't know what to write or we don't know what to write, 
we should simply write, this exercise is so stupid and I don't know what to write. So even if what we were writing didn't make a bit of sense, we should include that. So, you know, we could say things like, I have so much homework. It's cold in here. I hope I get a good grade. I like bacon. Like it didn't have to make sense at all. So now um, at this stage of my life, I know that there's actually a term for this type of journaling and it's called stream of consciousness writing. But back then it was simply, if it's in my thoughts, it comes out on paper. It was simple as that. And I didn't know it at the time, but this journaling exercise would become the foundation for my art practice 21 years later. What that daily journaling practice taught me was to not filter the process from what I was thinking and feeling to what I end up putting on the outside of my body. So it was just like head to hand to paper. But what does this have to do with honest art? Well, first, we'll have to go back further than being 14 years old. And I have to give you a little background. So you see from a very, very young age, like three to four years old, I learned to cope with life by disassociating. And for those of you who are unaware or unfamiliar with the term disassociating, basically it just means that I would mentally check out, like all the way out. If something bad was happening to me or even in the room where I was sitting, I simply went to another place in my mind. It was a way like to detach and to protect myself from the reality of a traumatic situation. So when I did that, it was great because it was like I wasn't even there. But there's a little problem with that protective mechanism of disassociating because I learned to disassociate at such a young age, I had some pretty large gaps in my memory. And as I got older, I would even disassociate when I didn't mean to. Like I'd check out in a conversation and wouldn't remember conversations with friends. I wouldn't remember people's names that I should definitely remember. Like I'm not talking about acquaintances, like people close to me. I couldn't quite grab the name. And oftentimes it would be so embarrassing. And in fact, it still is. People will say to me, hey, Jody, remember when you, you know, fill in the blank? And I'm just like, uh, not really. But at 35 years old, when I first got the inkling to pick up a paintbrush, things began to change. When I was painting, I was fully present. I didn't mentally check out. So instead, because, and this is a good thing, because I had no formal education on, quote, how to paint, you know, I simply decided to wing it, <clears throat> to stay fully present and just wing it. And the first thing I painted was the thing I wanted to paint and it was a still life of purple lilies and a seafoam green ceramic vase. 
Okay, notice I didn't say that I painted what I thought I should paint or what I thought I could paint, which was basically nothing. I just painted what I wanted to. And this may seem like a pretty mundane thing to point out. It's like big deal, you painted what you wanted to paint, duh. But say with me, it's actually a big deal. Because here's the thing, painting what we want, regardless of its if it's a rooster or a flower or even a vulva, it gives us clues as to why we are artists. And by the way, it's also how we find our style. Because the answer to how do I find my style is we first and foremost have to paint what we want. Like when we were kids and somebody gave us a piece of paper and crayons, we drew and colored whatever we wanted. And it's the same thing with painting. Being an artist means to tap into what excites us and what moves us. And if we don't want to paint something, it's obvious that it doesn't move us and therefore it's not our style. But Okay, stay with me. Getting back to how art helped me find my voice, it's like the quote by author Joan Didion. I don't know what I think until I write it down. If you're thinking you may want to go farther faster, I really encourage you to find a community of artists to support you in your personal growth as well as your business growth. Mentoring artists on their journey sets my face on fire. It's my passion. It's my purpose. It's my calling. I absolutely love it. But even if we don't work together, please find someone who believes in your fine self If you think, though, that it would be a blast for us to work together, applications are now open for Studio Elite, which starts in February. And what a great time because it's a great time for you to put your stake in the ground for 2024 and to set your artistic goals in motion. You can get more info at the link in the show notes. Responding to the urge to simply paint what I wanted to paint was in a sense like creating a 3D expression of just a simple feeling. It's like a musician suddenly hearing a beat in their head, then having this overwhelming urge to manifest it on the outside of them so they you know, they quickly grab their guitar or if they have a piano, they go straight to the piano. They need to make real on the outside of them what's going on on the inside. As a painter, once I was able to see something that I painted on the canvas, I was able to understand more of what I was thinking Simply seeing the painting that I created was a way of reflecting back to me what I was feeling and even what I was subconsciously thinking. So once I could see it on the canvas, I could, with a little personal reflection, understand what was going on inside of me. And y'all, this is a big fucking deal for a girl that had made it a habit of disassociating and ignoring anything that felt bad. So I think it's important to say that 
when I first started painting, you know, those flowers and everything, the self-reflection didn't happen right away. At the beginning, all I cared about was just like having a damn good time. That single painting session of painting a vase of flowers didn't suddenly help me find my voice. What helped me find my voice was showing up to that canvas again and again and again and yeah, painting different things every single time. But after doing that for months and even years, I started seeing patterns emerge. That first painting was the flowers, right? But the next two paintings, I did portraits of my daughters. They weren't great, no, but that's what I wanted to paint. But then after that, I felt the urge to paint portraits of women and on the painting, write sassy phrases like on each painting, you know, words and phrases that I imagined these women would speak if they could. Phrases like, she wore nothing but a thong while folding the clothes to remind herself she was once more than a mother. So at the time, I was right in the throes of raising two toddlers and I loved, loved being a mother. Don't get me wrong, but as any mother of young um, children knows, parenting that age can feel relentless at times. So painting, when I showed up, helped me remember who I was separate from my motherly duties, you know, <laughs> who I was when I wasn't cleaning juice off the floor. So every time I showed up to the canvas, I created painting after painting of these women and they had like all different skin tones and all different hair colors and all different lip colors and all different face shapes, but they were all saying whatever the fuck they wanted to. Things that I wouldn't dare say to anyone out loud. I was even <laughs> surprised a few times by what they were saying. But who was really saying those things? Whose voice was that? I think we all know the answer. Knowing what I know now about honest art, it's not surprising that I sold a lot of those paintings. I mean, energetically, that was like my first honest art. But there came a point where I was tired of painting the women. It's just not what I wanted to paint anymore. So I moved on to mixed media work where I'd use old photos and combine them with paint and all kinds of mixed media. But those words and phrases still kept showing up in my art. I did one piece with an image of Annie Oakley and on it I wrote, she was a straight shooter, which frightened some, but attracted only those she truly cared about anyway. Again, there's that voice. Soon after those mixed media pieces, I dipped my toe into just straight up abstract art. But to be honest, that work was so meh. It was so uninteresting. And I think one of the reasons that those paintings were so mediocre was because I had stopped 
trying to create from the inside out. Instead, I knew the abstract art that I liked and I loved, and I tried really hard to create art like that. But it was flat and it was boring as hell because there was no soul in it. It wasn't until I embraced the idea of abstract expressionism that things began to change. To create abstract expressionist art, what I decided to do was I went back to that process that 14-year-old me learned by sitting in that ninth grade classroom. I started showing up to the canvas and writing or making marks on the canvas, conveying um, with maybe a word or a mark how I was feeling, like without filtering, just like before. I was staying really present And then in that moment, and I said what I wanted to say, only this time it was with charcoal and with graphite and with paint, and I didn't filter and I didn't pick up my pen. I just put on the outside of me what was happening on the inside. This time, head to hand hand to canvas, trusting only what I wanted to do, trusting what felt right. And even if it didn't make a bit of sense in that moment, I trusted it. If I'd been pushing down anger, it would rise to the surface in some grinding marks. If I'd been ignoring resentment, It would show up in my work with words like, fuck you, or fuck this, or fuck that. I would write it over and over again without filtering. Honestly, if I'd held back in saying anything in my own life or feeling anything in my own life, it would spring up, you know, accidentally in my art. Then, only later, when I would step back and take a moment to view each piece, I'd reflect on it and I'd know, only after seeing it, I would finally know what I was thinking and what I was feeling. Creating art helped me find my voice because, one, it reminded me That in order to create the strongest, most powerful art, I had to stay in the room. I had to trust myself. I had to trust that next mark. I had to trust that next paint color I chose, that next brush that I grabbed. And two, it helped me find my voice because if I could learn to do that in art, I could learn to stay present and trust myself in my life. Art not only helped me find my voice, it helped to return me to me. And how beautiful is that? 
Sorry to interrupt, but I want to share with you that beginning February 5th, I will be hosting for the very first time the Honest Art Bootcamp. This six week bootcamp is designed for artists searching for their unique voice and style who want to finally make that ever so elusive fine art. Each week for six weeks, I will be guiding you live and painting alongside you as we learn the step-by-step tools that will take your art from fine to fine-ass fine art. That is a unique expression of you. Plus, and this is big, I'll offer weekly art critiques so that you can learn specifically how to make your art stronger. To learn more, go to jodyking.com or go to the link in the show notes, and I hope to see you there.